Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Social Studies. Brought to you by CarolHasTheBuyers.com. Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Look at that, 9 o'clock here already. Sarah Cazell's here. All of your responses on Twitter are here. We should craft this together into a segment. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. What should we call it? Can we use an outdated term for a school subject? <laughs> yes. They probably don't even call it anymore. It's time for civics. Here's Sarah Cazell. <laughs> this is Home Ec <laughs> with Sarah Cazell. I would be the worst Home Ec teacher of all is time. Is Home Ec still a thing? I think they call it select something else. schools, like the ranch schools, do you offer those kind of courses. Um, not at the They're high school, all like, I would you say. could choose like this or that now kind of thing. There's was, no longer. Yeah. I was terrible at home ec. I still have a football helmet pillow that has not been sewed somewhere. Um, I, cute. <laughs> I want to see a picture of this. It's not done. Yeah, I had a sew a jacket that was like suede on the outside, sheepskin on the inside. It was a disaster. What do you yeah. think of suede on the outside? What do you think of <laughs> Yeah, sounds comfortable and stylish. What do you think? What do you think of a good lamb still have chop, Jared? <laughs> oh, I, I know, know we do you, this I bit. Know I, I, I know we do this. Like lamb chops. I know we do this bit a lot. Honestly, one of my favorite things. Lamb chop. Lamb chop. Yep, absolutely. A rack of lamb or a lamb chop. I do love lamb chop. Oh, sweet, fancy Moses. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Swain on the outside and the sheepskin on the inside. Do you still have that jacket? No, it was a disaster. (laughs) Maybe, yeah, possibly. Oh, okay. That was his reaction to watching Elaine dance. (laughs) (laughs) All right, okay, that's no, that's uh, please. That's what we come here for for social studies. All right, we're on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. That's where the questions go, and we have some laughs here as well. All right, this was actually posted yesterday uh, based on a conversation we had on yesterday's show talking about the Kevin Durant trade. Mikkel Bridges going back to Brooklyn. And is there anyone out there who regrets that trade? So we asked our our listeners, do any of you regret the KD trade? Let's start with you two. Do you regret the KD trade? Oh, I don't. And the, the discussion that I spurred yesterday was not based on regretting it. You can't go back in time, obviously. And you got Kevin Durant. You got one of the best players of all time in the trade. My question was... You know, looking back, could the Suns have asked Mikel Bridges to do more? And if they had done, had asked that, mm-hmm. and he did that, would we be still talking about this trade? I don't know, but I know in no way do I regret the trade. No, I, I, I don't think you can. I don't think we can judge it now. I think we can only begin to sort of add that kind of context once and after the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what and I believe. If we're uh, three years from now and there's no championship banner still at Footprint Center. Then maybe you can regret it. Look, sure. it might it might be that rare trade that works out for both sides, uh-huh. yes, for everybody for sure. involved. And and the context behind that conversation was uh, Mikel Bridges was named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. He is clearly thriving in Brooklyn. He's so. getting MVP chance. Yeah. We know Vinny loves those. Yes, big yeah. fan of love that. Em. Fitz I love him. All right, so we asked our listeners, do any of you regret the Kevin Durant trade? Sean Murphy says... It's a win-win between the Suns and Brooklyn. So, no, I love Mikel Bridges. He is getting his moment, but it wouldn't have come for him here like it is there. Uh, Bird Gang says, I regretted the trade the day it happened. KD is no doubt a Hall of Famer, but the Suns gave up too much. They gave up the future of the team all to hopefully win now. Andrew Carter says, we needed a next-level guy. That is Kevin Durant. 
Brandon West says too early to tell. Let's check back in three seasons. If the Suns win even one yeah. championship in that span, no regrets there. Uh, let's get one more from Jason Parkinson. He says, I love Mikel, but he needed a change to take the leap that he has. He had the opportunity to do what he's doing now here in Phoenix when Booker went out for a couple months. You can't replace KD's experience and his fourth quarter production. When you need a bucket late in the game, KD is the player you 100% yes. want. Yeah, A lot of good yep. responses, a lot of thoughtful responses. Again, on Twitter, at Bickley underscore Murata. All right, the D-backs won yesterday. 8-6, they beat the Padres in San Diego in their second of two games. They're now coming back home 3-3. Three and three. They'll have their home opener tomorrow night. I think it's a 7-10 first pitch, if I remember correctly, against the Dodgers at Chase Field. Open-ended question, guys. A lot of exciting young faces on this year's team. Who is the most exciting D-back in history? Ooh, I like this question. So do I. Carroll! No, he's oh, he's instantly in, yeah, in he's, the conversation. He's in the Justin Upton should have been. Um, it was supposed to be Willie Mays 2.0. Yep. Steve Finley was a very Ooh, exciting baseball player. Had a lot of highlight catches, a lot of speed, a lot, had a lot of, of home speed. runs. But I mean, how do you top Randy Johnson? Yeah, him the answer is you don't. Him yeah, taking that's the hill the every fifth day, yeah, striking out don't. 15 batters. I mean, With that scowl and that. Yeah. 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 It's imposing. The most, the, seriously, he, he he and Bob Gibson have to go down as the most frightening pitchers in baseball history, <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Drysdale. And Myers Drysdale. <laughs> Most iconic, Drysdale. All right. Uh, most exciting player in D-backs team history. Tony Womack for me, says Chris Anderson. Tony Womack was up there. Most clutch as well, he says. Mark A. Hernandez is ready to crown Corbin Carroll as the most exciting player in D-backs history. Wow. Dan and many, many others, says Randy Johnson. Uh, How about Fernando Rodney? Exciting yeah. for all the wrong no, reasons. Exactly. It was uh, exciting. My heart was always beating young, out of my chest Kim, when yeah. he took Sports oh, yeah. Kebab fan club wrote in Fernando Rodney. You never knew what you were going to get. Uh, Steve Finley got a couple write-ins. Young Young Kim got a few write-ins. Eddie Valley says he was exciting and nerve-wracking, too. Yes, a roller coaster. A couple of votes, temp- very temporary votes for Eric Burns. That's a great oh, that's call. That's right. Yeah. Oh. He was exciting for a very brief period. And then, of time. then, then the thing that the things that were exciting, like yeah. him doing flips when he would throw a, a <laughs> throw in from the outfield, yeah. or dive for a ball that was ten feet away from him. Yeah. yeah, he did do that. All right. Last night we saw a headband book. Was it for the second time this season? Yeah. Okay. Ward in uh, Oklahoma City yep. on Sunday, too. There we go. So we've got a little bit of a streak of Devin Booker in a headband. And uh, I think we all decided we're pretty lukewarm about it. I am. I, yeah, it's it's really just a stupid It's just a stupid observation of what your preference is. But yeah. I think Book has got such a such a classic, cool, mean mug look. I don't, yes. I'm not a fan of the headband. And great hair. Yeah. Don't hide it. Yeah. You're good. So we are asking, of all of the athletes or or I guess just anyone who has worn a headband is affiliated with a headband throughout their career. Who is the most iconic headband wearer of all time? I have one in sports and one out of sports. Okay. Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits. (laughs) Uh, In sports, I still think of Cliff Robinson. I know he wasn't the first to wear it, but he was the only guy to rock it for a really long time. And uh, out of sports... Olivia Newton-John. Oh, <laughs> oh, let's, let's, get let's get physical. I want to get physical. Let's get physical. <laughs> let's get the physical. 
Let me hear your body talk. <laughs> Love that song. Love that song. A lot of good responses here. <laughs> Oh, Olivier. 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 Uh, Jim McMahon got a ton of votes. Oh, oh good great one. call. And Will remember Chamberlain. the messaging he had on the headband? Oh, yeah. Taking shots at the commissioner. Right, man. What? He was a rebel. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. Allen Iverson, Will Chamberlain, Bjorn Borg. Yeah. Bjorn Borg is a great one. Oh, that's an excellent one. And McEnroe, when McEnroe had the fro. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Rafa Nadal. Big headband wearer. Keith Richards. Uh, Quentin Richardson. Yeah. How about okay. Danielson? Yeah, Daniel, LaRu- Daniel LaRusso is going to fight. <laughs> Rambo. Uh, and then my favorite from the movie Juno, Michael Sarah, the track star. Paulie Bleeker? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. With his headband and his orange yeah. tic tac. Yes. And his little ringer <laughs> crew neck tee. Yeah. The dancing elk I'm seeing was their mascot. That's a bit of trivia that I didn't even know. I I was not aware. Uh, That's a good question. Got a lot of uh, great answers on that. Good work, Jarrett Carlin. Good good work, Jarrett. Good job, Ferret. Yes, good work to you, Sarah. Good work to everybody who chimed in on social studies. We love it every day at 9 o'clock until it gets completely ruined by continuing changes in social media. (laughs) Uh, Coming up next, Suns get a win over the Spurs. Their place is cemented in the Western Conference pecking order. But what are others saying about the Suns' big-time champion? Hopes. We'll tell you about that and more next. It's Bickley Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. The question is how do you stop them or what do you do with them? Just the task you have as a coach. and coach is the best. You can't, you can't stop them. There's no way that he can be stopped. Now you can go double team for 48 minutes and you know he's smart enough to give it up. Uh, but that usually doesn't happen. You know, somebody might box him on him, uh, but I haven't seen it lately. So uh, I got to believe no matter what happens uh, between he and Monty and Chris Paul and Book, they'll figure out uh, what they need to do. He just, you know, he's he just got everything that size and able to get a shot whenever he wants it. That's Greg Popovich, head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Assume the Suns beat last night. Yeah. Pretty handily to uh, wrap up a playoff spot and the number four seed in the Western Conference. But talking about Kevin Durant, and he's the best. You can't stop him. Um, the only person that can really stop Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. And mm-hmm. it hasn't taken many games in the Suns uniform to figure that out. He was getting his shots last night. They weren't falling with the regularity that we've seen. He's had two eh, games out of the, what, seven he's played in, in a Suns uniform. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good ratio. Um, but Greg Popovich couldn't stop raving about Kevin Durant and what he's all about and even expanded more last night uh, on Kevin Durant. What makes him so great is that work ethic. Uh, he loves it. I mean, he was. nobody knows how hard he works. Nobody knows what he does before and after practice, especially after practice. When we were with USA, we'd have the practice, and then he'd go over in a bucket with one of the coaches, and he might go for another 25 to 35 minutes uh, hard with every one of his moves in the book. 
I mean hard, from inside the bucket to the post to three-point line, coming off this movement and that movement. Uh, we're just all in amazement just watching it. Yeah, so that's I mean that's been the experience I, uh, early on. I want to say this about that. It, it's it's become a cliche in sports. Uh, to hear coaches raving about somebody's work ethic, how hard they've worked. They work their tails off. Kevin Durant, by consensus, is a guy where it's not cliche. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it a little bit in the limited practice that I've been to um, here in town with the Suns. And that was a great detailed example from Greg Popovich. I remember when Kevin Durant uh, went down this last time, um, coming back from that, in that when he ruptured his Achilles in that playoff game for Golden state his mom came out afterwards and basically said look you're perfectly built for this meaning you know how to work to the level that you need to to get through rehab and that's so the work ethic thing i have been conditioned over the course of time to kind of it's in one ear out the other because i've heard it so much and i've heard it used for so many guys who it really shouldn't be applied to he, he does have this he does have that ability to just constantly rep what he does to the point where you you go a half hour after a full practice, that's a lot. So I, I'm just here to say there's a difference between work ethics, even though they yes. often get overused quite frequently in professional sports. I Look, the laziest player in the NBA, the player with the worst work ethic. Worst. Why are you talking about Luka again? <laughs> <laughs> wow! Bick being the Luka attacker this time, not me. But whoever that player is still works very hard mm. at their craft. Yes. So you wouldn't Kevin, be there if you didn't. For Kevin Durant to be able to stand out as one of the best mm-hmm. across the board, that's what you know. That's what's alarming, and that's what's yeah. eye-opening about it. Yeah. Uh, Greg Popovich also, <clears throat> I don't have the audio of this, but he was asked about the Suns' championship uh, aspirations and their chances. And he said, uh, this is according to... Uh, an athletic piece from from Doug Haller. Quote, you know, with Chris being the point, along with veterans like Book and KD, they can get it together. He's a great leader. KD and Book know what it takes. Monty and his staff do a great job. They would probably like to have a few more games to get a rhythm down, but they can still get it done without a doubt. Okay. Yeah, and and I think that's 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 a fair enough synopsis. I I think again, watching this team kind of re, reconfigure itself on the fly. Uh, Luke Lipinski, you've ever listened to him, Jared? He made a good point yesterday. You mean lukewarm. He made a good point yesterday. He said the Suns have been four different teams this year, and that's about right. Yesterday, and you know this better than anyone, Vinny. Uh, every player has got their own. Pre-game rituals, warm-up, workout mm-hmm. routine. Chris Paul doesn't spend a ton of time warming up on the floor. A lot of people who cover the Suns said he was out there shooting jump shots a lot yesterday. Unusual. If he does, my experience is that he does it very, very, very early. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. When when it's visible to the public, he's not really out no. there. No, and so for him to be out there practicing shooting and for his teammates to tell him, shoot more, you're, what, you're, you're talking about a basketball team that's continuing to reinvent itself. Yeah. On the fly. It's happening in real time. In real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said earlier, Chris Paul's been a lot of things in his career. He has never been a spot-up catch-and-shoot on the perimeter. He's wide open, get him the ball kind of guy. But that's kind of what he's going to be. It's so uh, weird when you consider the history of the San Antonio Spurs with the Phoenix Suns. And last night, probably one of the more you know forgettable games in the, in the history between those two teams. Mm-hmm. Because of what the Spurs are going through, they're in tank mode. Nobody wants to say that word. I'll say it. They're tanking. And they rested everybody. Everybody had a weird injury last night, whether it was Keldon Johnson or Zach Collins, and they don't have a ton of talent anyway, 
But there was a time when the Spurs would roll through town and Suns fans would break out in hives just because Greg Popovich was in town. Yes. And I thought it was interesting last night before tip-off. I'd never done this before, but Greg Popovich is just named as one of the induction class members for the Hall of Fame in mm-hmm. 2023. And there was a there was a, a public address read to, and they put him up on the camera to congratulate him. And mm-hmm. he got a nice warm round of applause. There was a time he when it would not happen. And he wanted no part no, of it. No, he wanted no he part wanted of it. He wanted absolutely and, no part and, of and it. And that is predictable. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, yeah, he, he, is, he has become one of the hallmark coaches slash ambassadors slash conscience of the league. Yeah, there was a time when Greg Popovich was not my favorite. He hung up on me once during my reporting on a Dennis Rodman book. (laughs) What'd you ask him? Oh, I cold called him. He answered in his hotel room. I said, hey, Greg, Dan Bickley from the Chicago Sun-Times. We've met once before. Listen, I'm sorry to reach out to you, but I'm doing a book on Dennis Rodman. He goes, Dennis Rodman? (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. That's what happens when you cold call people. You risk getting hung up on. I get that. But but he really, um, yeah, he's been nothing but just a a great ambassador for the sport. And it's one of the coolest things, at least to me, was to see Greg Popovich, um, who was denied the Team USA job when he wanted it really badly, when Jerry Colangelo opted for Mike Krzyzewski instead um, for interpersonal reasons. And and it worked. The choice worked out fabulously. I'm just glad Greg Popovich and Jerry kind of got to reconvene and. Yeah, build back bridges late in and their respective roll it careers back. Yep. Do it and, yep. and win that title. And a lot of that yeah. is, is based on what Greg Popovich took in in those Olympics with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Oh, yeah. The respect was there. And there was a great moment, too. And a couple of photographers caught it. It was uh, during some San Antonio free throws where Chris Paul was in the backcourt and was just kind of chopping it up with Greg Popovich and they're basically, you know, you know, hugging each other on the sideline. It was Greg Popovich and I, I was wrong. Uh, you know, and, and again, he's been a source of pain for the Suns for a very long time and things are, things are different now in San mm-hmm. Antonio. Uh, and he is in the twilight of his career. But um, I mistakenly had identified him as a guy who, you know, and let's remember how it started for him. He came down from the front office of the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, yeah. appointed himself head coach at a very opportune time and had immediate success with, with Tim Duncan. And, and by a very opportune time, this was going into the Tim Duncan yes. draft bonanza. Yes. Yeah. I was like, wow. Oh, okay. Really, uh, really interesting for him to appoint himself the head coach at that point. But he's he's one of the all-time greats. It's, it's indisputable. Yes. Totally agree. And you could say that now with the Suns being good and the Spurs being really bad. Yeah, I re- I uh, reserve the right to change my mind and take back those nice things when they get Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, <laughs> coming up next, a lot of ugliness with the Arizona Cardinals. And no, I'm not talking about the uniforms, which are changing. Apparently, Ooh. we'll get into the latest situation with the Cards next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Great to have you with us on this Wednesday morning here on Bickley Emirata Mornings. We're going to ArizonaSports.com now for our daily poll question, which we do every single day at 9.30, or at least most days. Guys, which team do you most want the Phoenix Suns to face in the first round of the playoffs? The Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers, or the Pelicans? Right now, that is the 
five, six, seven, and eight seed. Yeah, oh, my vote five, was, six, seven, eight. I almost started dancing. Hey, my five, vote, six, my vote seven. would be Clippers one because I don't think Paul George is ready in the first round. Okay, Pelicans two because I'm not sure Zion is ready in the first round. Uh-huh. Uh, is he ever? Lakers three, Warriors last. Which right now the Warriors are slotted to mm-hmm. play the yes. Suns. I would agree completely with Bick's order. Okay. So we'll place a vote for the Clippers? Yeah. That's a vote. Hey, 44% of our voters also would like to see the Suns play the Paul George-less Clippers. 28% say the Lakers. 18% say the Pelicans. Only 11% say bring on the dubs. If you want drama, then you want the Warriors in the first round. Now, there's a lot of fear and risk that goes with that, but that's the series we wanted last year. And now that the Suns have Kevin Durant, it is irresistible. And imagine the elation. From Suns fans, if they were to get on to the next round, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson have never lost a playoff series in which they have started every game of that series. Mm. Oh, Suns, this would be- Suns could be the team to do it. Suns oh. could be the team to unplug that narrative about how, hey, when we're when we're healthy, can't see us. Yeah, and there's Bring me. Bring and I'm sure there, there's fans that are like, we're probably going to have to play them anyway. Eventually, if we want to win the championship, we have to beat all the good teams. Them in the yeah, first round. Do but it now. That, Don't risk just, injury. That's that. In fact, you just gave just kind of a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Vince got a little cringe look on oh, his face. A couple years ago, LeBron had never lost in the first round either. <laughs> now what? <laughs> now what, LeBron? That's today's Sanderson Ford poll question. You can vote on it on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Mustache! I think we've seen this before in the NBA, whether it was the Los Angeles Clippers, obviously across town with the Phoenix Suns, and you see that the NBA deals with these things extremely sternly. Marcus mentioned the Washington Commanders and the multiple reports we've heard of misconduct coming out of that building, and the NFL hasn't necessarily dealt with owner Daniel Snyder and that organization in the way we've seen things handled in the NBA. They haven't shown that the people come first. And we know that there's a huge difference between the two sports. The one is player driven uh, and one is fan driven, whereas the NFL is about the owners. The commissioner, Roger Goodell, gets his contract renewed by the owners. And so in judging them and critiquing them and dealing with them, they've been a ton more lax than they are with the players. And now they have an opportunity to investigate this thoroughly, act swiftly, act sternly, and do the right thing by the people in that building. And so we'll see how they move forward with that. Ryan Clark from ESPN, former NFL player, now an analyst, talking about the situation that came to light yesterday with the arbitration filing by Terry McDonough, former VP of Player Personnel of the Arizona Cardinals, alleging widespread misconduct from Michael Bidwell, workplace misconduct, harassment, all of these things. The Cardinals, uh, through an outside PR firm, responded and slapped back pretty hard against Terry McDonough. Lots of ugliness, lots of personal attacks in it. Um, about We talked about this a little bit earlier before we even played the Ryan Clark uh, soundbite there. Because of the experience, the recent experience, what everybody just went through with the Suns and the changing of ownership from Robert Sarver to Matt Ishbia and all the ugliness that led to that. Mm-hmm. But these are not similar scenarios 
at this juncture whatsoever, no. other than some of the descriptions of what might have taken place in said workplaces. Yeah, there was a, there was a little element of racism in which the Cardinals vehemently refuted, said it was completely misconstrued by Terry Donahue. There were elements of misogyny, reports that Michael Bidwell screamed at pregnant women. Again, it's going to come down to the corroboration, and if people, if mm-hmm. this is this all carries the ring of truth, then then I don't know if the if uh, if there are other victims and they are aggrieved, then I don't think they're going to let Terry McDonough fight this battle all by themselves, or maybe they will. I I, I don't know. I I thought it was interesting that uh, I saw on social media that an attorney came out and said by responding uh, as personally as the Cardinals chose to do that they may have opened up. Uh, this from an arbitration hearing to a, a regular court case. There, there's a tort about privacy, about what you can say uh-huh. publicly about people's private lives. And they said a lot. And they said a lot. Shirking his responsibilities as a dad. Yeah. That's Ex- when I read that. Extreme domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, and and again, it, it, I, it, we don't know where this is. We don't know what the, where the truth is going to land or where it's going to fall. But what we do know is there has been a pattern of this for a long time now. And it's, you know, from Sean Coogler to Ron Miniger to Steve Keim, there's just been there's been just dysfunction. Yeah. Dysfunction. Ex-players. Ex-players. Left and had bad things to say. Uh Earlier this week, Bick, you made the the, the statement, kind of tongue-in-cheek, hey, if the Arizona Cardinals were ever going to introduce new uniforms, this would certainly be the season to do it. it? Even more so the case after yesterday's news, and apparently it's going to happen. (laughs) In the next 22 days, according to a tweet from a former Cardinal employee, uh, Kyle Odegaard, who tweeted uh, within the hour, your long national nightmare is over. The Cardinals will have new uniforms this season. Multiple sources told me uh, official unveiling expected to be in the lead up to the draft, which begins April 27th. Good so. time for that. Yeah. Look over there. Look over there. Shiny, as long as the jersey isn't the shiny object, literally. <laughs> like if they go with a like a, Gold a, 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 a LeMay. I know Jarrett would want to buy th- that jersey, but uh, he might be the only one. It's it's time. But um, right. th- this obviously doesn't doesn't necessarily take all the attention off of uh, what could be another another situation. This will be a situation that drags on throughout no, this offseason for it's the not, Cardinals. Yeah, it's not an easy thing for Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin for it to kind of inherit here yeah. because Oof. there has been a page turning here and a page turning in which most of us were very complimentary to Michael Bidwell for doing, for, for executing. But I also, I believe that one thing that this, all of this proves is the amount of loyalty and trust that Michael bit will put into a mediocre general manager is striking and and the idea of a burner scheme is if you go back in time and you say to yourself where were the cardinals when that all went down well they were in a weird state of transition the ba thing had ended it probably ended much worse internally than it did to people on the outside there was that game against seattle and that fabricated happy ending mm-hmm. for ba but but i think what you had was a franchise desperate to hang on to what they had gained with B.A. and Steve Kime. And, and I think there might have been a fear that with this, if we don't do this, and, and, and according to Terry McDonough and Steve Wilkes, their response was, what, you don't think we can get through a preseason without him? Yeah. It really, the Steve Wilkes voice in all of this is going to be interesting. Does he chime in? Does he stay away? Is there going to be some overlap? Where is this whole thing going? Is the NFL going to be interested? 
Yeah, because as Mike Sando said, Steve Wilkes is already an important figure in the Brian Flores uh, yep. lawsuit against the NFL in terms of wrongful termination, discrimination, things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. it, will there be bleed over? But I agree. Steve Wilkes could be uh, a linchpin in all of this. For a guy who wasn't here very long, you know, talk about leaving a lasting effect. My final thought on this, for today anyway. Mm-hmm. You know who's probably the most relaxed dude in the whole world right now? I do. Cliff Kingsbury. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Uh, He always seemed kind of relaxed anyway, to be fair. I don't, I I think that was, and this is me playing dime store psychologist, I think that was the veneer that Cliff Kingsbury put out there. I think underneath all of it and the the, the manicured look and, and, and the cool vibes that he put out there. The Scrambling, paddling furiously, Absolutely. without a doubt, underneath without the service, anxiety ridden. Yes, and I think maybe a lot of it had to do with the the conditions that he was working in. This is this is a point that Connor Orr of Sports Illustrated made that when you when you look at an NFL team and you look at all the desperate people who work in a building at an NFL headquarters, and this is a very accurate point because you know how it is in the NFL and how people quickly they lose their jobs and how their jobs are dependent. I, it, the point is it. Uh, do, does the league need to look further and deeper into these organizations based on the hyper-competitive aspect of them in buildings filled with so much desperation? Mm-hmm. Guys who need to win to stay on, to keep their jobs. Just a thought. Yeah, it, it, it's a pretty pertinent thought, too. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Also want to remind you, you can win lower-level tickets still to tomorrow's D-backs home opener against the Dodgers. Just text BASEBALL to 620-620 for complete details and your chance to win. Once again, that's BASEBALL to 620-620. Some final thoughts on this Wednesday. Next, Bickley Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Weekly and Murata, song of the day. Mustache? Not a mustache. Are you familiar with the band The Replacements, Vic? I, yes, I have. I am familiar with that. A Minnesota band. I decided to play The Replacements today, and I'll explain why in a second. Where, where does this song, where is this song in pop culture? I've heard this show up somewhere. I don't okay, know. maybe it's nowhere. My favorite, right. favorite song by The Replacements. Okay. Yeah, it's a good song. Uh, they do have a song called Can't Hardly Wait that became the uh, title song and a title of a movie with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Seth Green. Uh, yeah, good song, good band. And every time I hear them, I'm like, this is a good band. I should listen to them more, and I never do. But The Replacements, uh, I'll Be You, the name of the song, today's song of the day. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. I thought that was in honor of Leonard Skinner, that every single member of their band is a replacement now. It was, but that was also the basis of a social studies question we didn't get to today, right? Yes. Who is the best replacement in pop culture history? What fill-in in a band, TV show, or movie was your favorite? 
and I hadn't seen this question. My son texted me. Did you guys skip right over the replacement one? I guess he we didn't have time. We do it tomorrow. I guess he. No, I'm going to do it right here. Okay. Let's set the whole thing up, Jared. Are you not following? Okay. The show? All right. Fine. <laughs> um, I think this is this is a great question. Got a lot of love, and uh, my son was among them. Michael J. Fox, not the original Marty McFly. What? What? They started filming with Eric Stoltz, who apparently could not pull off the comedic aspects of the role. And there's actual footage. I've seen actual footage now of a couple scenes with Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly. In in, in the famous Whoa. like orange vest. Like, yes, the same, the, mar- wow. the same wardrobe. And uh, Michael J. Fox obviously turned it into this iconic role. I wonder if that would have been as big a movie. It, there's no way it would have been, right? Those are always those famous what-ifs. Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones. And we talked recently about the whole Sammy Hagar versus David Lee Roth thing. A lot of people vote for Sammy as the best replacement ever. Others will throw things at you if you say that. You got one, Vic? No. Mine was... um, um, No. Neither. Um... The ACDC lead singer, right? Yeah, that's the one you had brought up. Yeah. Brian Johnson. Yeah. Although, you're a big Bond Scott fan. Uh, much much more so than Brian yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one where both of them were great, Nicholas Colasanto as coach on Cheers, and he passed away and got replaced by Woody Harrelson. And a lot of people brought up uh, Kirstie Alley for Shelley Rebecca, Long on Cheers. Yeah. I don't think that was an upgrade. Honestly, the show was great either way, but both Woody Harrelson and yeah. Coach were great, great interesting actors on Cheers. It is interesting. Well, Woody played almost the same character, yes. Whereas Rebecca was completely different than Shelley Duvall's. Completely different. I mean, Shelley uh, uh, Long's Shelley character. Long. Yeah. Um, got some votes for. Uh, well, it's 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 a great topic because yeah. I, I, the Silence of the Lambs sequel. Never had a shot without Jodie Foster as the yeah. voice. Never had a shot. Julianne, Julianne Moore, Moore. Yeah. 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 And there's nothing wrong with Julianne Moore as an actress, but you just can't sub out certain actors. Iconic roles. Yeah. Don't try to replace them, just eliminate them. Hi, exactly. Hi, Hi Dr. Lecter. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Right, right. Like Dan Aykroyd trying to play, you know. Yeah. That's playing a very similar character to, to Bill, Bill Murray and Caddyshack yeah, Charles too. Charles Backler, right? yeah. I'll I'll say this. I love Dan Aykroyd. I don't mm-hmm. think he's done very much wrong in his career. So multi-talented. There's nobody that should be more embarrassed about Caddyshack 2 than Dan Aykroyd. The most annoying movie character in history. Yeah. If you got a little time this afternoon, watch the movie. You'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, we got a development uh, to uh, on a story that has been in the news for the last couple of days from, right. from women's basketball. Uh, real quick, by the way, the the San Diego State UConn men's final, the lowest television ratings in the history of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Just a day after the highest-rated women's tournament of all time. But uh, the whole Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese thing, Jill Biden, the first lady, said, hey, wouldn't it be a good idea if we had both LSU, the champions, and Iowa, the runners-up to come? It was such a good game. We should all... We should all do that. Well, Caitlin Clark came out and said, no, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's for the champions. The coach of Iowa said the same thing. Angel Reese is not exactly letting it go. 
She did no. an interview on the yeah. I Am Athlete podcast where she talked about uh, taking offense to the assumption that, you know, and took it as disrespect that it was even a suggestion. She said that Jill Biden was supposed to come into the LSU locker room before that game to talk to the team and never did. And then she went a step further and said, we're not, I'm not accepting their invitation to the White House. We'll go to the, the Obamas. Obamas instead. <laughs> okay, now, that, that seems to Michelle me. Michelle are like, like, wait, now we got to clean? Yeah, that seems to me like you're protesting <laughs> too much here. At, at this, I mean, with all due respect, Jill Biden just made a suggestion. Yes. It was not a, it was not policy. She's also not the president. And she's yeah. not the president. That's true, and it, too. Yes, and, and, she, and, and she made her point very, very effectively the first time, in my opinion. I thought so. Yeah. yeah. When she said in yes. all caps, nope. Yes. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. everyone, agree, everyone agrees with her. Everyone yeah. understands. We are trending. Yes. Sports fans are united in this particular yeah. instance. Yeah. We are trending towards, and for four years we were really trending towards, maybe just get rid of this tradition of inviting teams to the White House. It just causes, like... It's definitely become... A bigger issue Fraught. in the current than it had been in the past. Yeah, I'm old enough, and I'm big. I, I, I'll lump you in. You are too. definitely old enough. I agree. <laughs> to remember when a team won a championship, part of the televised celebration in the locker room was they took a phone call from the, the That's sitting president. That's right. Yeah. What? Yeah. There's no wow. landlines anymore to hand, them, <laughs> hand the phone. Yeah, they would have it wired through the, the television broadcast. Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. I never knew that. I feel ancient now bringing that up. Sorry. Alexis Morris, also of LSU, tweeted, Michelle Obama, can we come celebrate our win at your house? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know that they'll that's, say yes. That's a new tradition. You let the... The champions of said event. Oh, choose the president they they want to celebrate. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That certainly won't end poorly for anyone. Uh, Maybe that's a bad idea. Uh, Following up on Kyle Odegaard's tweet, uh, Cardinals will be unveiling new uniforms sometime between now and the draft. Is there one element you want to see, Beck? I'd like to see. I'd like to see helmets that are not white. That's what I've always wanted. From red or black? Team. I would love black. to see a red helmet. Okay, I'll take both. I'll take either. You can still do the alternate, so they could still have two. But uh, we shall see. I think there's going to be a lot of yellow. It I want to see. Seems to be hinting at that. I want to see feathers, like that outfit that. Uh, <laughs> like Kim Mulkey's Kim outfits. <laughs> <laughs> don't, put, don't put Jarrett in charge no, of your no. uniform redesign. That's what we learned. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Mike Sando and Al McCoy for joining us. Here's a programming note that not everybody's going to hear. Dan Bickley won't be here for the next couple days, and he's not fired. He'll be back on Monday. Bick, enjoy your Thank uh, you, buddy. long weekend. Appreciate Tim it. Tim Ring will be in. Wolf and Luke are up next. Here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have a great day, everybody.